Blog Talk Radio. everyone, and welcome to another special edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. As we saw earlier this evening, the 2022 CONCACAF Champions League draw has been served. And boy, we got some very interesting matchups here in the opening round, the opening round of 16. And I got to tell you, everyone, this should be a fun one to watch as everything will be done locally in the United States on in English on Fox Sports 1 or 2. Uh, also, TUDN in the United States in Espanol. And, of course, if you are of our friends in Canada, I would be assuming, and probably Dwayne Rollins will be uh, giving us more insight, I'm assuming uh, One Soccer will be broadcasting those games, including... Uh, the big moment here, which, of course, it is Hamilton Forge FC from the Canadian Premier League and Club de Foot Montreal. Joining me on the panel, as I've already said, Dwayne Rollins, 24th Minute Blog, part of Soccer Today, along with Kevin Laramay and the rest in Sports Podcasting Network. <laughs> Excuse me. Also joining me is um, Mickey Turner from The Athletic in Seattle, and hopefully we'll get on um, Eduardo Solano as uh, he will be joining us as he also uh, is our Honduran reporter as he covers uh, Motagua, uh, the club that uh, he loves to talk about oh so much. But uh, let's go first to Dwayne Rollins uh, on the Canadian side of things. Dwayne, a very historic moment in Canadian soccer. Obviously, Canadian soccer making plenty of historical moments so far, of course, with the national team. Uh, Hamilton Forge FC went the distance, didn't go to the final, but qualified for the draw in the CONCACAF Champions League. They are the second Canadian team, along with Montreal, to be involved uh, with the Champions League. And what does that say? Uh, for you, Dwayne, to see how great Canadian soccer has improved in 2021. Look, I was I was talking to a player on Forge earlier tonight. He didn't disclose. He didn't wasn't on record, so I'm not going to say who it was. But I was talking to him, and and he said that this is everything to them. Like they lost the championship game to Pacific FC, but they didn't care because they qualified for the Champions League, and the uh, ability of them to come through all of the adversity they did on the salary they did and make the Champions League is an incredible accomplishment. And look, they were like, you know, one goal away from going to the final of the, of the CONCACAF League. And it's an incredible accomplishment for, for a team that has been nothing but successful since they launched. That is an extension of Sigma FC, which is a club here, like a youth club here that has, has Kyle Lawrence from there. Like they, that's an amazing, successful story. And, you know, I'm not a fan of Forge. I'm comfortable with them. I know them. I talk to them all the time. I mean, I cover the league, so I'm not a fan, but, but I respect them so much. And it's such an incredible story for a country that's come kind of cabinet, you know, 1989, if you know what I'm talking about, U.S. fans moment right now. 
It really is. And, you know, I give every I give all the credit to Forge FC for how they have been dominating the Canadian Premier League. Like you said, they lost the Pacific uh, in the Canadian Champions, excuse me, the Canadian Premier League final. But, you know, reaching the CONCACAF Champions League and being on the, the B pot, which we all knew they were going to be in there anyway, just depending on who they're going to join with, um, you know, to me, uh, it feels like, of course, when Major League Soccer got started in 1996, the D.C. United, the early years of D.C. United, how Bruce Arena's side looked very strong and very potent when uh, the league got started here in the U.S. after the 94 World Cup. So definitely uh, congratulations to Forge FC. They definitely did deserve to get to this level. And now let's see how far they can go, and we'll get to those matchups in just a moment. Um you know, let's go right now to uh, Mickey Turner uh, over in Seattle, covers the Sounders for the Athletic in Seattle. And, Mickey, you know, there's nothing much more you can really say about the Sounders. We know what they're about. We've all seen their uh, hard-fought battles on the pitch over at the stadium, Luminan Field uh, in Seattle. We all know what Brian Schmetzer has done since he took over for Ziggy Schmid. Uh, we all know that Schmetzer was the original manager of the Sounders in the USL leagues before they moved up to MLS and Ziggy Schmidt took over. Uh, but he kept Schmetzer on the coaching staff. What can you say about this Sounders team that has had plenty of ups, maybe one or two downs, especially last edition against um, Olympia, where uh, they uh, were... Uh, unceremoniously uh, sent out of the tournament, especially in that penalty kick shootout up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been um, quite a ride, obviously, for the Sounders, uh, particularly in MLS, but especially even in uh, the Champions League. They, you know, you could say that that's the one area where they really haven't had that breakthrough success. They've had some individual successes as far as being one of the first teams to knock out a Mexican team. In the knockout rounds, they have a road win, uh, one of the first teams to do that as well. But they haven't really made that really deep run to the finals uh, that a few other MLS sides have had, uh, notably, uh, as, as Dwayne will well know, uh, <laughs> Toronto, DFC, um, and Montreal have, um, all made it to finals. The Sounders have not done that. Um, and so I think that's really the, the next frontier, maybe in, even the final frontier um, as far as the Sounders are concerned, uh, you know, because they've won MLS Cups, they've won U.S. Open Cups, they've won a Supporters' Shield, um, but they really haven't had that really defining run in Champions League. So I think that's really what they're kind of focused on. And as you rightly pointed out, uh, they've had probably a few more downs and ups in, uh, in Champions League, uh, having been uh, unceremoniously dropped out um, in the first uh, round uh, against Olympia and penalties, uh, which is uh, you know probably something they need want to avoid going to penalty shootouts because their record in in those uh, in those events is is pretty lackluster, save the one big one against Toronto in 2016. So that yeah. I think they're going to focus on the tournament for sure. They're going to put out their best effort. They typically do. Uh, we all remember they uh, they put out strong teams in the League's Cup um, and made a deep run to the finals in that one. But I don't think you can compare League's Cup to the uh, the Champions League, at least not at this point. So I think that's really where you're going to want uh, – they're really going to want to focus a lot of their early energy. Uh, they're going to bring back most of the team that they had last year. 
uh, which is truly never fit. Um, and so there's all the reason in the world to think that if they have a fully fit side um, going into the start of Champions League, they should be able to make a, uh, a deep run and certainly a deeper run than they made last year. That looks like uh, Seattle, once again, they have their priorities uh, well in hand, and they're going to definitely do their best to go as deep as possible if they can. Joining us as well, Eduardo Solano, Honduran uh, football reporter, uh, also covers the New York Rebels for the local newspapers in New York City. Not only that, humanitarian for his uh, native Honduras, smooth talker, well, well, good, good, well dresser. Uh, ladies love him, <laughs> but uh, that's 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 another show for another time. But honestly, Eduardo, um, you know we've seen many, many Honduran clubs qualifying for the Champions League. We all know Club Marathon has done well at times. Uh, Olympia has gone further uh, than they used to in the past, I would say. They would normally go probably as far as the quarterfinals, but the one year that, uh, of course, last, the last edition with the uh, coronavirus halting the tournament, and then they went all the way to the semifinals, I believe, but they just couldn't get over the hump and they found themselves uh, into a good position for the first time and for Honduran football, yet your club, and I know you, you cover them very well and you support them as well, Motagua, they, even though lost to Comunicaciones in the CONCACAF League final, they look dangerous all throughout the tournament. And, you know, I, I think if there's going to be a dark horse, which obviously Forge will be a dark a dark. Uh, horse in this one, I I wouldn't put it past Motagua uh, to do that as well. And for those of you who are uh, Metro Stars Red Bull supporters, that was the former club of Amado Guevara. Yes, um, it's a crazy situation with Motagua because uh, this is this is the type of team, right? Like um, maybe like Atletico Madrid. This is the type of team that's gonna fight in every single tournament they play, but at the very last part of the tournament, they're gonna find a way to mess it up. <laughs> that's my team. That's 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 Motagua. They um they just they just got eliminated from the national t- tournament, and um, yesterday they lost the Concacaf League champions uh, game against uh, Comunicaciones after winning 2-0 and being in total control of the game. Um, but, you know, what we saw yesterday from Ottawa is just more of the same. This is, this is a team that that is, is going to fight, it's going to create a lot of chances, it's going to play beautiful. But at the end of the game, like mentally, they're not there. And right now, uh, there's, there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of division with the Motawa family because um, some of the owners uh, they criticize and the coach the coach criticizes some of the owners too. Uh, the fans they don't want him no more, and mostly of the the fans and the media they calling for Amaro Guevara to be the next head coach. Of Motawa, but yesterday, I mean today, like at two in the morning, I had a conversation with the president from Motawa, and he said, "You know what? It's not fair 
for Amaro Guevara to take this team at this time because we have a tournament that's going to start in January 15th. So he's not going to have the time to pick the players, to do changes. So we're just going to stick to Diego Vasquez. Diego Vasquez is uh, the winningest coach in Motagua. To me, he's a legend, but I don't think it's good that he continue as the head coach of Motagua. Even though with all the success that he's been having, I don't think he's the right man, and I think he should just step out from the position. Well, that's the big question mark, isn't it? And uh, we'll have to see what's going to happen with that club, and we'll see how far they're going to go. So let's go ahead and let's – excuse me, guys. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at the matchups as they were drawn down in South uh, Florida at the Media Pro Studios in uh, – outside of Miami, where CONCACAF holds their uh, offices. And here are the matchups right now in the uh, Group 1 from Mexico, Club Leon against Guatemala's Guastatoya. Uh, and let me just say, when I invited both Eduardo and Mickey to the show, I did not expect this draw, but uh, <laughs> their respective sides will be facing each other. So just remember, I did not expect this. Don't don't point the finger at me. I I did nothing. I'm back home in my in my uh, studio home. I'm good. I swear this was not part of the plan. Uh, Seattle Sounders will be facing Motagua from Honduras. The Colorado Rapids will be taking on uh, Guatemalan side Comunicaciones in the third group. Uh, the recently crowned MLS Cup champions New York City FC. Uh, they'll be taking on Santos de Guapeles from Costa Rica, uh, from Liga MX, Unam Pumas will be taking on Deportivo Saprissa of Costa Rica, the New England Revolution, the uh, current Supporter Shield title holders will be taking on uh, the lone Caribbean side from Haiti, Cavalry AS, and then uh, from Canada, Club de Foot Montreal will be taking on Liga MX side Santos Laguna, and Cruz Azul will, from Liga MX as well, will be taking on the other Canadian side from the Canadian Premier League in Hamilton Forge FC. So let's go ahead and let's go straight to these uh, two matchups. First, Dwayne, uh, Montreal against Santos Laguna. Do you feel this is what Montreal wanted? They wanted to take on the lone Mexican representative from Pot B? Or did you think they wanted a, a, a different opponent instead of taking on a Mexican club right away? I mean, if they want to win, then maybe not. But, like, Montreal fans have a little history, Santos, and uh, there's, there's some history there that they want to advance. So, yeah, absolutely. I think this is a great matchup, and, and I can't wait to get on the train and drive up to, to, to Montreal to watch this because it's going to be fun. Like, they, they love the Concept Champions with Montreal, and, and this is something that they want. They want these matchups. Honestly, both of these draws are perfect for them because there's no expectation either. But there's a lot of like potential amazingness if if they they can pull it off. So so I think both clubs are, are really happy with this. But Montreal in particular, they, I was talking to uh, Tristan uh, Dumont uh, the other day, and he said that this is what they wanted. So I'm going to take his word. I'm going to going to take the word of the Montreal journalist and say that this is what they wanted. So they're happy with it. And, and you know, you and know Hamilton, something? this is this is this is going to be a, a even serious because. Both of these teams, they come in pretty much in the same situation. You know, they come in uh, 
from preseason game. They not it's not gonna be like 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 pre- previous years. Absolutely. So I think I, I think I think it's gonna be more even, and um, the outcome it could be different for the MLS teams uh, playing against these Mexican teams. You know, you're you're absolutely right. And look, I mean, there has been MLS teams that have been successful. I'm in Toronto, so I have to point this out that TFC was a you know a penalty shootout away from winning the CCL. So. And just, Mickey, for the record, I, I, I ha- as a Trontonia, I need to correct you that Montreal did not make the final. They only made the seventh final. Sorry. Um, it, it's fine. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I enjoy this tournament so much. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And, and Dwayne, of course, Hamilton Forge taking on Cruz Azul. And, you know, obviously, uh, thankfully, in this round of 16 draw, there was no kerfuffle like what happened with UEFA with their second round draw, uh, <laughs> as of course uh, Montreal was originally drawn with Hamilton Forge, but obviously two clubs from the same country cannot face each other, so they waited for the next ball to be drawn, uh, and of course um, Cruz Azul was drawn, and uh, Montreal went over to play Santos Laguna, but Forge. Like you said, this is what they've been waiting for all their lives. This is, even though it's only been what their second year, their third year in the Canadian, you know, being a part of the Canadian Premier League that was also born around the same time. Um, for them to wave the, the Canadian flag as well as a second club, I mean, what do you think their chances are against Cruz Azul, who have been in this competition on and off for the last, I would say, five to ten years? I mean, not great is your short answer, but who cares? Like, getting here is, is the accomplishment and having the opportunity to, to express themselves against a team like Cruz Azul that is so famous in North America is amazing for a, for a league that, this, that is this small. And look, I will not count George out ever. They lost the championship last weekend to Pacific, as we said. But they had played, like, 400 games in the last week. Like, their schedule was nuts. Like, I cannot understand how they even were possible to stand up that day. Like, it's an incredible accomplishment for them to get here. It's an incredible accomplishment for what they have done over three years. It's three years, by the way, that the Premier League has happened. But two kind of because, you know, pandemic last year. It was a game this, this, this season. They're just a great club. And, look, what they wanted more than anything else was an opportunity to set themselves up and to present themselves against a team that's famous and have an opportunity to compete. I think they're going to lose. I do. But I think they're going to compete, and they're going to make things uncomfortable for them at some point. Because what Bobby uh, Simeone, the, the coach there, has done with that program and with the program around it for years is incredible, and it should be respected and it should be honored. And I think this is the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you there. He has done an amazing job since the league got started up in Canada um, last year. And definitely, uh, I mean, you know, you, when you watch, and sometimes we get those games actually on Fox Sports 2 down here in the States, Dwayne, and I've been watching the highlights through YouTube from One Soccer. Um, what he has done with Forge FC has been nothing short but sen- of, of basically sensational. And uh, they deserve every plaud that they get for how they perform, not only domestically, but internationally. Haven't gotten the big one yet, but one day I think they can do it. 
I really think they can do it, but they just are going to need a, maybe a little bit more luck and maybe a little more time to uh, qualify for uh, this tournament every single year, uh, depending on uh, the Canadian Championship. And we don't know how much longer this CONCACAF League is going to remain until the new version of the Champions League starts in about a year or two. So that's going to be very interesting to watch. Now we'll go to the other two gentlemen because, like I said, it's going to be a battle of wits now between Mickey Turner and Eduardo Solano. No, I'm just, just kidding, guys. Obviously, it's not going to happen. But um, let's go to Mickey first. Seattle, it's not so much that you're facing Motagua, Mickey. It's more like, you know, you're facing a Honduran club again. And is there, which I don't think there is, but you never know, is there something in the back of the mind, maybe not of Schmetzer, maybe not of the players, but maybe the supporters? of the fans of the, uh, for the ECS that here we go again, we're facing a Honduran club and they might sneak in and, and uh, knock them out in the second leg when they host it over in Luminen. Um Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and to point, to point this out, uh, you know, the Sounders have some history with Honduran sides. They had a pretty memorable uh, CCL uh, matchup with Olympia back in 2015 when they uh, needed a last-second penalty, um, and there was nearly a brawl that broke out um, to advance, um, which was a pretty entertaining affair. So uh, they've been on both sides of it um, as far as, you know, heartbreaking uh, defeats and kind of exhilarating victories. But the most recent one, obviously, was in 2020 when they got knocked out in penalties. And, you know, as I said earlier, I think there is uh, a little bit of, you know, I wouldn't say worry, but, you know, it's going to be in the back of, you know, everyone's mind uh, that they could potentially end up with the same thing happening again, a, you know, a hype standard side that will be a veteran side um, that will be favored uh, and them not being able to get the job done. You know, this is a two-legged affair, so they'll have to go down and, and, and get a reasonable result um, um, on the road, and they've proven they can do that. They did that um, in Olympia in 2020, uh, getting a draw. Um but, you know, they're coming back, and, you know, the other thing that's going to be kind of on their minds is that this was a not good season that the Sounders just had at home. Uh, they were, you know, middling, to say to say the least, and ended up getting knocked out at Lumen Field, even though it wasn't technically a loss um, against uh, Real Salt Lake. But it was, you know, the result was dropped points, if you want to look at it that way. And... They just were never able to, uh, because they were never able to get fit, they were never able to have their, their first team or anything approaching their first team um, um, available for the uh, the entire year, and it's, uh, particularly down the stretch. Um, people remember that Raul Ruiz Diaz came off the bench in that game. They had Ladero for about 10 minutes, um, and it, they, just, they just never had it all together. Um, so I think what they're going to be looking for is to hopefully have a team with a full preseason with a little bit of an extended off season this time around um, come in. Everyone should be healthy. Um, they'll have the, the preseason to kind of get, you know, get their fitness under them. Um, and then they should hopefully this time around go into that game with a first choice lineup uh, that is able to kind of exert their veteran influence on the game and get a result down in Honduras uh, against Matagua and then kind of exercise those home demons and, and put, the, put the game away at Lumen Field because over the last year they did not show that they were able to do that consistently. And if they aren't able to do it this time around, you're looking at a potential another penalty shootout 
Um, and again, their record in those shootouts is, is not good. It has, it has not been good in MLS, uh, you know, playoffs. They've won one and lost three. Um, and then they lost a penalty take shootout, uh, obviously to Olympia. So, uh, they want to certainly avoid that. But more importantly, I think they just want to, uh, you know, kind of bring back the home and home field advantage. And Eduardo, with Motagua facing the Sounders, um, I mean, obviously they're not going to contact Olympia and ask him for, you know, advice on how to play Seattle, but I would put it past them to at least acquire some videotapes from what uh, Honduran sides of the past have done against Seattle to try and game plan for this big tie, uh, this two-leg series against the Sounders. I mean, I would have to think that's going to be the next thing to do. Well, um, I'm going to be really honest with you. You can you cannot compare Motawa with Olympia because Olympia know how to play this tournament. They they brave somehow somehow they always manage to get the results. Um, they have win um, not this tournament, but they have been um, the winners of the Concacaf Champions Champions League. But when it comes to Motawa, Motawa, Motawa don't have that winning mentality. Motawa don't grind for results the same way Olympia will do. Um, but I think things are going to be a, a little more competitive now because Motawa just finished playing their last game yesterday. So players, they're going to have like a week to rest. And then they're just going back to work because the Honduran tournament is going to start in January 15. So I'm pretty sure when they get to play Seattle Sounders, they're going to have more rhythm and uh, new, new motivation. There's a lot of players that are not going to continue with the team. And the most difficult thing that Motawa has to face coming into this uh, 2022 is the fact that they don't have a person, they don't have a player that can score for them. They don't have a player that can make a difference. Like, they have a very good goalkeeper. Their defensive line is, is pretty good. They have this new kid playing, um, Carlos Melendez. He, he's, he's awesome. Like, he's, he's the best defender on the team. Our midfield, I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Kevin Lopez. He got he got a nice tournament, uh, scoring a lot of goals, giving a lot of assists. Uh, you, you saw him yesterday. He he assisted two goals about our score against Comunicaciones. So he's a solid player, but they don't have nobody to score. And, and everybody's begging the owners to hire at least two, three um, forwards somebody that can put the ball in the back of the net because uh, that has been the biggest issue with Motagua. But I think it's going to be a very nice game. Um, it's going to be difficult in Honduras, but I don't know how it's going to be in Seattle. Usually, Motagua always disappoints when they, when they uh, play um, away. Yeah, I agree with you there, and we'll see what happens going forward. And, of course, Whoever wins that tie will be facing the winners in the Group 1, uh, which will either be Club Leon 
or Guastatoya. And I think whenever we watch Club Leon play, guys, you know, yeah, they play in Liga MX. Yeah, they're supposed to be one of the better sides coming out of Mexico. I mean, I mean, look, they're not Club America. They're not Guadalajara. They're not Cruz Azul. They're not Santos Laguna. But, you know, they always have a decent shot to move on to the next round. But, unfortunately, they always find a way to put themselves into a hole in the second leg, and they never, ever get through. And I think... And I don't know if anyone wants to jump in or if Dwayne wants to jump in. I mean, mm. I, do you feel maybe, Dwayne, that Guastatoya might have an advantage here? Do you think he, they might sneak in and knock off Club Leon when they get to well, that I mean, second leg? I mean, they lost to TFC's – Chris Armas' TFC last year, and you're, you're a Red Bulls fan, right? You understand yes. how much of an a, – um, unqualified coach Chris Armas is, right? You you understand that. Mm-hmm. No, they, mm-hmm. they've, they've mm-hmm. lost to him. So, yeah, you know, I give them everyone a chance. Anyone who's playing Club Lyon because they lost to the TFC last year, this is not a very sophisticated evaluation right now, but, yeah, I give them a chance for sure. Because how? How did they lose to TFC last year? Sorry. I mean, <laughs> and, and <laughs> that's I would a big question mark, that. isn't it? Yeah. No, it is. Yeah, obviously, this, yeah. I obviously, Go ahead. Frisbee, the Sounders obviously have uh, plenty of experience recently with uh, Leon talking about assuming they get uh, past the uh, the first round because they uh, Sounders played Club Leon in the League Cup final in, in Vegas. I was there for that game. Um, it was a very entertaining game, um, and the Sounders had that game kind of by the scruff of the neck, and then they kind of fell apart uh, between you know the 60th and the 75th minute. Uh, they, you know, made a brief comeback at the end, uh, but, you know, ended up losing that game. So, you know, uh, it'll be an interesting matchup if that's what indeed happens. But, again, you know, cart and horses, uh, what's that saying? Uh, the Sounders certainly have uh, the work cut out for them to even get to that point. But, you know, assuming they do, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, a matchup they're going to relish uh, trying to get a little bit of revenge. Yeah. No, I agree with you there, Mickey, and uh, that's going to be a very interesting situation right there. But we'll see what happens. Um, anything can happen in this tournament. We've seen that in the last edition, and uh, we could see that in this edition. And, of course, in the next uh, round, we got, uh, or should I say the next group, uh, in uh, Section 3, Colorado Rapids taking on the CONCACAF League champions in Comunicaciones from Guatemala. And, Eduardo, I mean, I know the Guatemalans are your neighbors, and in Central America, I mean, what besides their name and besides their side that has always given some issues to their opposition, excuse me, sorry about that. Um, what is it about Comunicaciones that you've seen, Eduardo, uh, in Central American club play that uh, they have been a thorn in the side to any opponent they play, whether it's domestically or internationally? It all comes down to money, because I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. Central American leagues is not like like MLS, where like all teams have the the ability to spend a, a large amount of money. Some teams do, some others some others don't. In our countries, uh, there's only one or two teams that got some money. And when you go to Guatemala, the biggest club in the country is 
comunicaciones. They spend a lot of money, like bringing bringing players from another countries. Um, their players, they get uh, good salaries. They have everything that they need. So you expect those results. You know, when you go to Central America, you know Saprisa is the big team in Costa Rica. Olympia is the big team in Honduras. Fast is the big club in El Salvador. Comunicaciones is the biggest club in in Guatemala. Some people might not might not might not agree with me because you know there's municipal, but to me municipal is number two in Comunicaciones is number one. There's a lot of money. They have good players. They have a um, a lot of fans, and um, they play pretty good. They play pretty good, and, and and let me tell you something. They have a lot of power on top. They scored a lot of goals. They went to Costa Rica, play against Saprisa. They scored, and in every country that they visit, they scored. So um, it's a very interesting team. And uh, defensively, they um, they can get the job done. Mhm. No, I bet they can. But I will say this, though. With the Colorado Rapids now under the tutelage of Robin Frazier, uh, Mickey, uh, I mean, he's got them rolling really good. I mean, we know about the hiccup during the playoffs, obviously losing to the Portland Timbers on a late goal, a very, very late goal in late in the second half before stoppage time hit. Um, Robin Frazier has proven his worth to being a solid head coach. He's done well as an assistant with whatever MLS club he's uh, been uh, part of a coaching staff and to finally get his first, uh, you know, his first gig as a head coach of an MLS club or anywhere, you know, Robin Frazier has proven to me without a shadow of a doubt that, you know, he's damn good tactically. And I think for the first time in a while, I think the Rapids can go deep if they get on a good run to threaten that Champions League title. Yeah, Frazier obviously had a fantastic year. Uh, he was Spencer's uh, pick for uh, Coach of the Year with what he did with the Rapids. And so, yeah, it's kind of it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, they're losing a couple of pieces uh, who are uh, who have either been sold or uh, transferred. Um, and so, what they do to replace that is going to be uh, a big question. Uh, you know, they kind of were uh, a team that won by committee. They did not have that that big superstar who's going to get you that goal, which is probably what bit them in the playoff game. Um, and so you wonder how that will uh, impact what they do uh, next year. Uh, but having a good coach with good tactics that the team believes in can get you a uh, pretty far away um, in MLS, whether it translates to champions league is something we're going to see uh, happen, but they certainly had a very good year. Um, were deserving of getting the Champions League spot, even if they kind of pipped the, the top seed at the end there. Um, but, again, that just goes to just kind of how consistent they were all year uh, long under Frazier. And so they're going to – I think they're if they want to re- have a repeat of what they did last year in MLS, uh, they're going to need a few more pieces. And certainly if they want to go deep um, in Champions League, they're going to need some uh, attacking talent because I think that's what would ultimately stop them um, from advancing in this tournament. Yeah, I agree with you there, and we'll see what happens on that one. Of course, Dwayne, New York City FC, um, they're going to be taking on uh, a Costa Rican side for the very first time entering this tournament, the Santos de Guapeles. Don't know much about this Costa Rican side like we know. Thank you very much. 
Uh, don't know much about this side outside of maybe Deportivo Saprissa who are also in the tournament, and they're going to take on Pumas. But, you know, I, I think the only problem, you know, with New York City they're going to have is where they're going to play their home games because CONCACAF is not going to allow them to play at Yankee Stadium again. And they're going to be forced to play once again at Red Bull Arena. I know they've said that uh, New York City FC has said we're not going to play any more home games at Red Bull Arena. We're going to stay at Yankee Stadium. But when it comes to this tournament, CONCACAF does not want to have it in the, in a baseball stadium. They want to have it in a proper soccer stadium uh, set up. I mean, that's the only issue that New York City is going to have. Other than that, I think they're going to be doing very well leaving the round of 16 uh, going into the quarterfinals, but uh, then again, it's all about who they're going to face in the quarterfinals, either the Rapids or Comunicaciones. Look, I'm um, I'm going to defend my friend Victor right now. They, they shouldn't be playing in that stadium. They 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 should. It's it's a terrible place to play football. Come on. Um, yeah. Uh, look, NYCFC uh, is an impressive organization. CFC has done great work. They figured out how to win MLS. They've had the best record in MLS over the last what, five years. They're the defending MLS champions. They're a good team, and they're going to overcome whatever they can because they've had to overcome whatever they've had to for a long time. But in terms of where they're going to play, yeah, like you shouldn't be playing on a bloody hockey rink. No, that, that's not cool. Am I wrong? No, I agree with you there. And uh, that's the idea now is that Got to find a spot somewhere in the five boroughs. We'll see what happens uh, if they do get that stadium somewhere down the road. Don't, not, probably, not, definitely not in the near future, but definitely down the road. Um, and like I said, already, Deportivo Saprissa, Pumas, that's going to be a hell of a matchup. I mean, obviously Pumas will probably be the stronger side, but you know, I'm not taking anything. Any, I'm not taking anything away from uh, the Dragons, even though they're the big S's now in Deportivo Saprissa, but still though. Uh, that 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 home stadium has always been a fortress for them, and also for well now that the Costa Rican national team is no longer there. Remember the days of the horrible, horrible turf pitches, the plastic pitches of uh, Ricardo Saprissa Stadium. Uh, even if you are playing for the national team of Costa Rica, boy, I'll tell you those. You, you got to make sure that uh, you you don't get to that area where there uh, there's a hole. In the in the uh, astroturf uh, for those days on the national team because that the Supriesta and Costa Rica always took advantage of how terrible that turf is. Let's just move on now to um, New England Revolution against the Haitian side in Calvary AS, and I, I mean obviously Caribbean sides. They're usually competitive, but they're not dangerously competitive. But, Dwayne, if we really think about it, uh, and you know as well as I do the amount of times that the Canadian national team has taken on Haiti internationally, and even in club-wise, they're always going to be a dangerous side. Now, I don't know much about caval- uh, Cavalry AS from Haiti, but if I'm the Revolution in Bruce Arena, you do not take them lightly and you just put the foot on the gas, and you step on their throat. Look, the key to playing down there is respecting them, because if you respect them, you'll beat them bluntly because they're not as talented. But if you disrespect them, they will hold that up. Let's just say for a completely random example, if you take a photo on Twitter of someone trying to jump over a puddle, they're going to 
pay make you pay for that. Okay, sorry guys, but look, yeah, they, that's, that's, they just have to show up and respect them and and play their game, and they're, they're, they should get by that. But it's not easy. You have to go down. You have to present yourself. You have to play hard, and you have to respect them. Respect respect is the key here. That's 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 all I have to say. Yeah. No, absolutely. And also when, when and you make, when you and also, and also when you play no, in Concacaf and also when you play in Concacaf, it doesn't really matter if you play a big club or a small club. It's difficult. It's difficult for American teams and Mexican clubs because the grass, transportation, the locker room, like there's so many things that come into play when you go to Central America. That makes it difficult for the players. You know, and, and, and I think I shared this story with you, um, Danny. When Kyle Larry went to Honduras, he was worried about the behavior of the people. He asked me, like, why the people acting like that? It looks like they're crazy. And then <laughs> he was worried about um, the army being at the stadium because he, he never saw that here. And he was asking me, like, why they carrying AK-47 for a soccer game. So all of that little stuff affects the players. So, and it could change the, out, the outcome of a game. So going to like Haiti or Guatemala, or Honduras, El Salvador, like Costa Rica, it could be very difficult for those big clubs that are supposed to win those, those games easily. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, you know, if it's like this for a regular match, if it's like this for uh, CONCACAF Champions League, this will be, it'll be, uh, it's going to be like this for World Cup qualifying. That's why they keep saying about this region, it, it is so unpredictable. And, I, you know, at times, I mean, I, I, I will agree with Bruce Arena. I'll disagree with Bruce Arena, even though what he said kind of uh, got him into trouble uh, back in 2017 before they played against Trinidad and Tobago uh, for that final qualifier to just give you the point just to qualify for Russia, which they did not. You know, I would like to see the big boys of Europe try to get over here and try to qualify for how we try to qualify because that's the truth. The truth is there's so many things that go on past the border of Mexico going into Central America. You have to account for anything and everything going on. You cannot take anything for granted and so far what we have seen uh world cup qualifying wise so far the united states mexico canada panama they these are the top four point getters right now in the octagon and they're i'm not going to jinx it i'm going to keep my mouth shut because we still got six more qualifiers left to go Dwayne knows this because what happened in honduras in the past so um Let's just say, you know, you can look on, you can always be on the outside looking in. You can claim all this and you can claim all that. But once you are in the trenches in World Cup qualification, excuse me, uh, in CONCACAF, it's a, it's a different animal. And you've got to be careful and you've got to make sure that you do not disrespect your opponent when you are down in Central America and even in the Caribbean as well. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, Mickey, when it comes to this uh, this tournament right now for the Champions League, um, I mean, there's a lot of moments here where you got three sides entering 
this Champions League tournament for the very first time in their lives. You know, we've already talked about um, Hamilton Forge coming out of the Canadian Premier League. Uh, the job they've done so far in, in the short amount of time that they've started play up in Canada. That, of course, they don't play in MLS like Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver do. Um, we got this other team, uh, Santos from uh, Costa Rica. That's their first time in the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, Cavalry from Haiti, first time in the CONCACAF Champions League. Could we see one of these three sides really surprise someone in the opening round and knock them out? Uh, yeah, I mean, they call, uh, you know, just to your broader point, they call it CONCACAFing for a reason because unusual things happen in these games, particularly in the uh, Central American and Caribbean uh, countries. Um, and uh, your points are well taken that you know, just respecting your opponent is a good way to get uh, eliminated quite quickly. You know, it's difficult to say whether one of the new teams uh, will will be able to pull the upset because, by definition, you don't know very much about them. Um, and so experience does play a factor, and you would think that um, particularly the MLS and Liga MX sides and, and the big sides uh, such as, uh, you know, uh, Olympia uh, Comunicaciones uh, would certainly have an advantage in Matagua as well, having been there before. But, uh, again, you don't know what you don't know, and you're not going to have much in the way of scouting on these new teams, so you're not going to know much about their players. And then there's also the point that for particularly the MLS side that, uh, you know, you're going to be coming out of preseason. And so that's all a recipe for a potential upset, particularly if you go down to uh, on the road and don't get a favorable result. Uh, and then you give up, say, one one goal at home, and then you're looking at, you know, uh, a bunch of time-wasting, uh, a bunch of antics, um, and that can frustrate you, and all that is the recipe for potentially getting bounced. So um, these te- you know, the teams that are in the second legs will be favored for a reason. They are the better sides on paper, uh, but that certainly doesn't mean that you're not going to see an upset or two because you usually see at least one. Yeah, no, you definitely, definitely do. You'll definitely see one, but I'll say this right now, guys. I mean, I know we don't know anything right now. Obviously, the draw was completed about maybe hour and a half, two hour, almost two, hour, two and a half hours ago. Um, but the way I have seen some of these teams play, you know, whether it's through streaming devices or, you know, regular TV channels that do show CONCACAF matches, whether it's a national club tournament or national team tournament. Um, I'm expecting fireworks, and I'm expecting something huge to happen. I'm expecting something that will probably shock a lot of people. Don't know if it will happen or not. Let's just say I'm not going to put it past anybody if some of these clubs pull off a major upset and it's going to be very, very interesting to watch. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, let's give predictions now. Uh, let's start with the first group, which is once again Club Leon and Guastatoya. We'll start off first with Dwayne, and then we go to Nikki, and then we go to Eduardo. Uh, all right, uh, here we go. Who do you have in this one, Dwayne? Um, I mean, look, I'm not going to be aggressive here and predict the Canadian teams to win because – they're not favored. So I think the, the Mexican teams are going to win. 
it's going to be a competitive tie, though. And I'm going to say, especially when it comes to, to Forge, that they are going to be surprised at how good that team is and how impressive they are. And with that note, Daniel and the rest of you, i got to go now. I appreciate this, mm-hmm. and, and I'm looking forward to this competition. So I'm going to say goodbye. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Okay. Well, thank you, Dwayne, for jumping on. I really appreciate it. And, uh, well, I guess we're just going to have to leave it at that. So we'll just have Mickey and Eduardo make their predictions. Uh, so, Mickey, we go to you first. Uh, go ahead from one through eight. Uh, your predictions. Yeah, I think you've you got to pick the, the, the Mexican side, particularly for, uh, you know, the Gossip Toya uh, match and uh, Cruz Azul. Uh, playing Hamilton, uh, you know, those are teams that just have no experience or history in the tournament. Going down to Mexico, particularly in that first leg, uh, when you've got that hostile crowd uh, going for you, it's just tough to see how either of those sides get the results um, in those in those matchups. Um, or I say in the second matchups, or in the second, second leg, excuse me. Um, so, you know, maybe they're able to hold their own at home maybe they get a result, but typically as what happens in these matchups, when you get down to Mexico and you need to get a result or hold on, it usually doesn't happen. The Sounders have much experience with that, having beaten Mexican sides at home only to, to get heartbroken on the road. So I'm certainly picking all the Mexican sides to, uh, to, to advance in this, in this, uh, in this first round, as far as the, you know, the MLS side, uh, you know, I, 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 again, they're favored for a reason, um, I would say that if you're looking for an upset, maybe the Rapids would be the one to, uh, to potentially pick just because you you do wonder where they're going to get the scoring from. Um, that is, again, what kind of bit them in, in the MLS Cup tournament. So if you're looking for an upset, that's probably the one I would spring, um, along with uh, you know, Montreal uh, maybe being able to get something and get Santos if they're able to hold them in the away leg. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Eduardo, your predictions uh, for uh, for the tournament for next year? Unless I've lost him too. Let's see here. I hope we haven't. I haven't lost him. Nope, he's still there. You there, Eduardo? Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm here. I'm sorry. Okay, that's okay. Uh, so I just want I think, to... I think Club, Club Leon is going to win easily. They're not going to have any problem against uh, Guastatoya. Um, maybe they're going to win the two games, the away game and the home game. Um, Motagua against Seattle Sounders. I can see Motagua tying the game or winning in Honduras, but not advancing. Um, when they go back to Washington State. Uh, to me, Colorado Rapids is going to bid to Comunicaciones. I don't think they're going to have a lot of problem with that. Like MLS side, they very strong compared to Central American teams. Um, like mostly of Central, America, Central American teams. Uh, New York City FC, I think they're going to have a walk in the park too when they play against Santos de Huapiles. And this game, I'm really excited. Pumas, Saprisa, I think that's going to be a good game. New England, that's another walk in the park. Montreal against Santos Laguna, 
I think Toronto is going to destroy Montre- Montreal. And Cruz Azul is going to do the same thing with Forge. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, Hamilton Forge will definitely compete. I think Montreal will definitely compete. But uh, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to get out of that round of 16. New England Revolution, they should be able to beat Cavalry. Um, I think it might be... I mean, it should be Pumas defeating Deportivo Saprissa, but you never know if Saprissa has uh, something up their sleeve. Um, definitely, New York City FC will advance out of that opening round. Rapids. Um, I, I've got a funny feeling Comunicaciones will give Robin Frazier's boys maybe a little bit of an issue, but not too much of an issue. I, I, I have a funny feeling about that. Um, I will leave Sounders and Motagua alone because... You don't want to make a wrong prediction on this one, so I'll just call it a push. That means a penalty shootout. Excuse me. Yeah, that's, uh, see, I didn't want to go there. I did not want to go there. But, you know, what are you going to do? You never know. And then, of course, uh, I agree. I think Club uh, Leon is going to get past Guastatoya and advance into the quarterfinals. So, uh yeah, I think that's going to be the easy predictions. Other than that, gentlemen, uh, thank you very much for your time. I really do appreciate you coming on as we talked about the big CONCACAF Champions League draw. Uh, that happened earlier tonight. And uh, all I can say is enjoy the off season and uh, go ahead, rest up, relax, and talk to you guys again starting next year. Sounds good. Have a good one. Take care, and thank you for inviting me. No problem. Thanks for coming on, guys. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a happy and safe, uh, happy holidays and uh, happy and safe, happy new year. Take care now. Take care. Take care. And uh, once again, the schedule for the CONCACAF Champions League in the 2022 edition, round of 16, the first leg will be played from February, in February, the 15th through the 17th, while the second leg will also be in February on the 22nd and the 24th. The quarterfinals will be played in March on the 8th through the 10th for the first leg, and then from the 15th through the 17th, the second leg. Semifinals will be uh, in April. First leg will be uh, from the 5th through the 7th, and then the second leg, the 12th through the 14th. And then the finals, once again, back to a two-legged final, April 26th through the 28th with the first leg, and then May 3rd through the 5th will be the second leg for the championship final. So this is going to be interesting. This is going to be exciting, and I cannot wait. And once again, you could probably watch it uh, through the CONCACAF app as well as the, all the American games through Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2, and as well in Spanish on uh, Univision Deportes, the TUDN channel. Uh, check your local listings and your channel numbers either through cable or your satellite dish web-enabled devices as well, and we'll see what happens. And, of course, you'll probably catch some of these matches on the Fox Sports app as well. So get ready for those, and uh, it should be exciting, and it should be a lot of fun. Once again, here are the matchups for the round of 16. Coming out of the first group, Club Leon versus of Mexico against Guastatoya of Guatemala. In the second group, Seattle Sounders of, the, of MLS against Motagua of Honduras. 
in Group 3, the Colorado Rapids of MLS against Comunicaciones of Guatemala. In Group 4, New York City FC of MLS against Santos de Guadalupes, Guapeles, excuse me, of Costa Rica. In Group 5, UNAM Unam Pumas of Liga MX against Deportivo Saprissa of Costa Rica. Group 6, New England Revolution of MLS against Cavalry AS of Haiti. Group 7, Club de Foot Montreal of MLS to take on, and representing Canada, uh, will be taking on Santos Laguna of Liga MX. And finally, Cruz Azul of Liga MX to take on Hamilton Forge FC from the Canadian Premier League in Canada. And those are your round of 16 matchups for that opening round. And we will see where this will go starting in the middle of February of 2022. Hope everyone uh, enjoyed tonight's show. I want to thank my guests tonight. Dwayne Rollins, 24th Minute Blog, Soccer Today with Kevin Laramie, and part of the Sports Podcasting Network up in Canada. Uh, my good friend Eduardo Solano, a Honduran football reporter uh, in New York City. And, of course, Mickey Turner in Seattle, Washington, for The Athletic in Seattle. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Don't forget to join me this coming Saturday night for post-match as the United States men's national team will have their final match of 2021, <coughs> excuse me, as they take on Bosnia and Herzegovina over at the Dignity Health Sports Stadium in Carson, California, at the home of the Los Angeles Galaxy. Final home match, final international match for U.S. soccer uh, to finish off the 2021 soccer, American soccer calendar. And then uh, don't forget, over the weekend, we will have U.S. Open Cup qualifying, continuing for the 2022 tournament, as we have four more matches left to go, two in the Southeast on December the 18th on Saturday, and then on Sunday, December the 19th, uh, the two in the West, and that will fill up the rest of the amateur clubs. The coming Tuesday, we will have an Open Cup review show of those remaining clubs that uh, will come up big to finish off the qualification process. And then the following Wednesday, uh, final show, 2022, trying to get you some good guests so we can go ahead and look up everything that has been done in American soccer. Once again, thanks to Mickey Turner for Dwayne Rollins and Eduardo Solano. This is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please, Enjoy your football. Have a good night. Take care of yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Talk to you guys Saturday night for post-match. Take care. So long. Bye-bye for now. And as always, please enjoy your football. Have a good night, everybody. Take care. So long. And bye-bye for now. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.